Hello there, welcome and thanks for choosing to listen to us today. This is the NTT20 betting show sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell. With me on the line, George Ellick. And today we'll be looking to find some value, find some winners in the EFL's second weekend of the season. George loves the first weekend of the season. As we saw with some some long-priced winners, you have to say, two very impressive picks from George that came in. Birmingham at 4.9, the longest winner of the whole weekend in the EFL. And Hull as well at 3.1. Really good stuff. Blackpool and Cheltenham both sort of hitting the post for you, one all draws at good prices. Um, and that made up for me, only hitting one out of four. And that was Harrogate in League Two, beating Rochdale late on. Otherwise, it was poor. Scunthorpe and Wigan and COVID-ridden Huddersfield let me down. So I need to uh, hit the ground running this week. George, as mentioned, sponsored by Betfair. And with the new sponsorship over the summer, thinking about this show, how we could improve things, how we could tweak things to make us more comfortable with how we're doing things. Slight change of the format, making full use of both the sportsbook and the exchange as well. Change is good, Ali. Change is good. And that's why we are changing the format here. No longer just a nap, a couple of next bests, a long shot. We are now going to formulate this into a proper structure. The naps aren't going to go. The nap is our best bet. So they will stay as they are. We're going to have one next best, which will still be a team to win or something of that variety in those markets. We're going to have a lay because obviously on the Betfair exchange, you can lay a team, which effectively means saying they are not going to win. So we're going to put a lay up every week, which will probably be a vulnerable favourite. Um, I think we should probably avoid laying, you know, three to one shots, but that's not really our style, putting up one, uh, three on shots. Then a goals bet. So either that can be a BTTS and over, over up under two and a half goals single, or Ali, I know you're doing an ACA today, just something around more goals based theme rather than just who's going to win. And then scorer's corner at the end, uh, where you and I talk through a couple of first goal scorer, anytime goal scorer, last goal scorer. And I think this just shows the range of options that Betfair provides not only on the sportsbook but also on the exchange and hopefully it'll enable us to flag some value for each EFL weekend. That's the plan certainly. Uh, This podcast is for over 18s only and we ask that anyone listening be gamble aware. Um, If you listened to last week's show you know how important it is for us that you are betting responsibly. Uh, It's important for us to for you to know that these are our bets that we are backing personally and, and that we're talking to each other about, but we want you to apply your own working and logic as well. And most importantly, if you are going to bet, please don't bet more than you're happy and can afford to lose. Uh, as someone messaged me after uh, after that particular message, uh, it's essentially the Neil Warnock team talk. By all means, enjoy yourselves, but enjoy yourselves by being disciplined. I think there's an extra word in there when Neil says it, but uh, that, that's what we ask of you. Let's start as is tradition, with our naps, George, with our best bet of the EFL weekend. Yeah, you mentioned how I like the first weekend because, and I do, it's my favourite weekend because, you know, it's more based on narrative than um, data. And I think the same can kind of be said of the second weekend where you still have those threads where certain teams, in my opinion, are priced up in the market incorrectly. But you also have one weekend's worth of data and a midweek, I guess, where there can be massive overreactions to that too. And I'm backing Barrow to beat Hartlepool at 13 to 8 is my nap because I think Barrow fall into the trap of both. You've got a Barrow side who just avoided relegation last season and have as such been priced up as one of the favourites to go down again this campaign. However, you look at the way that they've recruited in the summer, it's been pretty impressive. They signed 
you know, a, a smattering of players from other League Two clubs who were offered new deals by their clubs, showing the kind of money that they'd be offering. And this was backed up where their chairman, Paul Hornby, in the press raised some eyebrows, not only by talking quite bullishly about their budget in League Two terms and, and making it pretty clear that Mark Cooper has a much bigger budget to work with this season than he ever had at Forest Green. And then in, in one case, Hornby's even come out this week. I'm not really sure why. I think Barrow fans don't really understand why, but he's come out and, and made clear that they were able to um, blow Bradford out of the water um, in signing Ofrande Zanzala um, when both teams were in for him. So I think there's a bit of a misconception about whereabouts Barrow's rightful place would be in League Two based on the resources that they have, the amount of money that's been invested into the playing squad and the management staff as well, because let's remember that Mark Cooper, for all his faults, is undoubtedly an upgrade on what they had last season uh, and their ambition too. On opening day, they lost 1-0 to Stevenage away from home. And that seems to me to be a pretty clear one where it doesn't look particularly good on paper on opening day. But I think Stevenage are going to be a team to watch and to side with quite often this season. Uh, and I have a feeling losing 1-0 to them in four or five weeks will look like a much more, um, well, not necessarily a result to be embarrassed about for Barrow. Because I think a few teams will come will get stuck short a bit there. They're playing against the Hartlepool side who... Um, were promoted to the league on penalties through the playoffs from the National League. And I think four of their starting 11 that day moved on, including their goalkeeper, centre-back and two strikers. Um, so Dave Challoner has a hell of a task on his hand, getting them back to even that level. So given that Barrow are at home, um, will have fans back at home, so there's a, a tangible home advantage to be had. Betfair Sportsbook have both teams 13-8 to 8 to win this game. No chance. I just, I, I, I just, I think Barrow should clearly be the favourites to win it for so many reasons. I mean, their their budget will dwarf Harlepool's. I think they've got a a more proven manager in the dugout, um, and they have home advantage. I think they should be heavy favourites. So Barrow are my nap at thirteen to eight on the sports book. Good start. My nap is Peterborough United Parsha at twenty three to twenty in the championship and. This could be the last of it for me when it comes to Derby, when it comes to other um, so-called disarray teams, which is is normally how I look at, at punting early on in the season, teams who I deem to be unready for the season to start. And, and that kind of formed the basis of my picks last week, didn't it? Um, as it was, Swindon were so much better than I expected um, and had, had been able to get a few players in that week. Um, and, and of course, Derby themselves, I picked to lose against Huddersfield heavily. Um, Huddersfield impacted by COVID, even with four or five players out and their manager at home. On balance, Huddersfield should have won that game, um, although Derby battled hard. And so um, I kind of, I guess this is a, a bit of stubbornness. I don't think Derby are in a good position just because they drew on opening day, just because they beat Salford on penalties after a, a three-all draw and, and a frankly embarrassing first-half performance, albeit with a, a very changed side. Just the, the concession of goals and chances over the, the two 90 minutes that they've played has really concerned me. Um, and that was kind of the basis for anything good that happened for Derby or Rooney's Derby last season. Um, Set-piece defending is a, is a key issue. I mean, they look so vulnerable. They lack so much confidence with any half-decent delivery, you know. Um, and I think that could be a real avenue of, of interest for Posh in this game. Uh, but mainly... I want to back Peterborough as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm just taking a gamble on them being bang at it after 
basically a week that couldn't have gone much worse. Uh, their cup performance in midweek was pretty laughable, losing 4-0 at home to Argyle, albeit, again, with only sort of two likely starters or likely first 11 players. Their performance on the weekend against Luton was poor. They barely laid a glove on Luton, conceded three goals, You know, some of which were, were good you know, well-executed attacks, some of which you'd be pretty fuming if you were Darren Ferguson. And a lot of this comes back to my belief that Ferguson won't let that happen again. I think he's earned enough credit, um, certainly in my eyes, to, to think that he will have them bang at it. He will make he will have read them the right act and they will make sure that they're bang at it. Um, I don't think that their first two performances necessarily means that Posh will be a terrible side for the rest of the season. So I guess I'm trying to get in front of some good performances, putting my trust in Ferguson and also this core of players that won 26 matches in League One last season against a side in Derby who currently I don't rate as much higher than a League One side. So, you know, they got those four players in at the back of last week and their starting eleven is okay on paper. Um, I don't love Stearman and Curtis Davis at the heart of the defence. Very vulnerable, you'd say, to any kind of speed or movement. But... It's the bench really that's an, uh, an issue as well. Next to nothing uh, on the bench outside of, of, of academy graduates. I think that has to be a big disadvantage with both the sort of physical toll of the start of the season, but also I think probably more at Derby more so than most clubs, something of an emotional toll of the last few weeks as well, where things have been a real roller coaster, and I think that does have an impact on on uh, on, on performance. So Peterborough best home record in League One last season, well over two points per game over the last two seasons at home in League One. Fans back in the stand. Hopefully, they will be ready to support and lift their team uh, and and do what they've done for the last few years. Um, Ferguson will make sure there's no more slacking. I'm sure of that, and I think Posh can overwhelm a, a tired. Derby, who I think might might be sort of slightly out their limit. So Peterborough, my nap, twenty three to twenty in the championship this weekend. Next best now. My next best is Northampton to go to Colchester and win at nine to five uh, again with the sports book. I again just think that the the way that these two teams are perceived by the market is wrong. Um, you've got a Colchester side who for. 75% of last season were the worst team in the league. Um, Hayden Mullins came in late on and, and got the wins they needed to stay up. But that is a tiny part of their season. You know, in the grand scheme of the last 12 months, there seems little reason for me to think that's the Colchester we're going to see this season rather than the one that have spent the rest of the time uh, performing so poorly. Uh, they've obviously brought in players over the, over the summer and we got our first few of them um, last week. And, you know, they drew nil-nil with Carlisle, but they only had their keeper, Shamal George, to thank for that. They were <laughs> under the cosh throughout. Carlisle had 18 shots uh, in the game. Um, and I think probably if that scoreline reflected the power imbalance between the two sides, then Northampton would be a bit shorter. Um, John Brady, Cobblers manager, promised a new attacking brand of, of football at six fields. I don't think we've necessarily seen it yet. Um, they... I think that 1-0 win against Port Vale is another one that's going to age very well. Vale are a decent side at this level and they did well to beat them. And it was a great goal that they scored to do so. And then in midweek, they go to Coventry and put on a show and beat a championship club 2-1. And um, no doubt that I'm pretty sure we're going to see uh, Kian Atete starting for them uh, in this game on Saturday after his two-goal debut against Coventry. He looks a serious player on loan from, from Spurs. Could be a bit of a masterstroke there. Um so yeah, and, and you look at their aspirations for the season. I mean, Northampton have their sights set on returning to League One, and Colchester 
to expect them to to match that is a, is a massive stretch on a side who three games to go over last season, four games to go looked like they were you know they were the team who were catchable. So yeah, I, I don't think um, I think at this stage of the season you've got to be predicting where where sides are going to be um, priced up in the market after five, six, seven games worth of data. And I think in a month's time Northampton would be favourites to win this game. I can't see any reason why they aren't. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 very very keen on on cobblers to to go and and get a result at Colchester. I I kind of toyed with backing them um, draw no bet, but I'm just going to stick to the to the win because I think the the gap in quality between the two sides um, should see us home. I like how the fact that due to packed schedules we've had to record this very early on thursday morning um, both of us in buildings flats houses with uh, people still asleep around <laughs> us and um, i've just decided to that's the commitment i've just decided to go full till and you um, slightly more sympathetic to your loved ones have gone a little quieter but i just love the idea that someone's going to wake up hearing you say i just think the market's wrong i just think it's just, wrong on this yeah. one. it's just wrong um, what Just a way to, to be clear, your, your your loved one is your one fiance. My loved ones is my wife and her whole family. So <laughs> it's a bit different. Um, anyway, uh, I'm I'm sticking in the championship for my next best, and I'm backing Millwall at twenty nine to twenty to beat Blackburn. That price with Betfair Sportsbook. Really impressed with Millwall's first week of the campaign. Uh, kind of, I think more or less backing up what we had hoped they had improved on this season and you know in the manner that I, I certainly you were were pretty confident that Millwall are going to be a, a playoff chasing side this season I think the quality of their game against QPR and a one-all draw at Loftus Road all observers saying what a good game that was and high intensity and a, a good level of championship football so I think you know that that has to go down as a big tick in the box to go to Loftus Road and get an opening day draw uh, and then in midweek Rowett went with a strong team against Portsmouth. They went behind quite early after a, a rare mistake at the back playing out. Uh, and then they turned it around pretty confidently. And so two impressive performances now for Millwall. Um, and I think, you know, with Rowett and a core of players that we recognise as being Millwall stalwarts, really, for the last few years in the Championship, where for the most part they've they've succeeded. For the most part, they've been a top-half team, which on their budget is always uh, has to be seen as a big success. But I think the additions of, of Saville... Uh, who was excellent in midweek, and a Fobe as well, who hasn't got a goal yet, but I think is looking lively. I think looks fit, which is always the, the sort of first hurdle for a Fobe to clear. Um, I think they added quite a lot to this team and, and hopefully take their attacking play to the next dimension, by which I mean another dimension than Jed Wallace goals plus set-piece goals. So, positive on Millwall. They, they play against a Blackburn side that did well against Swansea, didn't they, on opening day. We mentioned on Monday that we enjoyed watching Dolan and Britt and Diaz, particularly, and Rothwell in transition, uh, that they pressed very well against a Swansea side that had some teething issues when passing out from the back, but were militant in their approach on doing so. And this is the complete opposite test. They will not be winning the ball, Blackburn, in Millwall's defensive third 5,000 times with only two defenders between them and the goal and uh, and rushing towards it with with uh, with with numbers. Um, this is going to be a completely opposite test and I don't think it's one that suits Blackburn really. Um, Millwall, very, very good at denying the opposition any kind of joy in transition, which I think is probably where this Blackburn side will, will thrive. Last season, uh, as you mentioned on Monday, they did have high possession stats 
but they weren't the best at turning some of that possession into shots other than Adam Armstrong. Um, and of course, he is left for Southampton this week. So it's not that they don't still have some good players outside of Armstrong, but I don't think this test suits them in the way that that Swansea game did. Uh, and I'm also kind of, in, to quite a large extent, backing the idea that a packed den gives Millwall an edge that they've not had for a year or so. So last season, uh, seven wins at the den, 10 draws and six defeats. My kind of big question is how many of those 10 draws turn into wins with the Millwall fans supporting their team and and, uh, and intimidating the opposition. I think, let's say, three out of 10, 30% of them. And I think this could be one of them um, against Blackburn Rovers. So, you know, the season before, they did win 10 home games, eight draws and five defeats. So I think that's more like what we can get used to for Millwall this season. Uh, so I'm backing Millwall at 29 to 20. Before we move on to the next segment, uh, your nap was Barrow, mine was Peterborough. Uh, your next best was... Northampton and mine was Millwall um, and just a reminder that Betfair have no cash out suspensions whatsoever on match odds for all EFL games that's applicable both to singles and doubles so no cash out suspensions whatsoever that's on just match odds for all EFL games at the moment and let's move on to the new segment the new member and that is the lay bet George um, a, a little bit of uh, an explanation of how to do this for those who maybe haven't used the Betfair exchange it is not difficult even though it looks uh, at first glance like it might be intimidating and a bit different uh, talk me through it and then let's go through the teams that we want to get against this weekend yeah so when you go to the exchange and you go to a market you'll see there are blue squares which are the squares you click on to back something and the money that's queuing there is the money that people have put up to lay at that price on the right hand side you have the lay price which is what you can um basically money queuing to back something and you can lay their money so laying is effectively laying the bet that is there but safe to say if you click on the pink square you can put your own odds in so you don't have to take whatever's there on the right hand side if the spread size is quite big which it is for my one so I'll explain this in a second. So you can put your layup at a shorter price. Um, so you are effectively making yourself the bookmaker and laying someone's bet on a team to win or just any selection to win, I should say. Uh, I was going to be laying Barnsley uh, at home to Coventry, but it, the price has drifted a bit. So I'm going to swerve that one. And instead, I'm going to be laying Salford against Sutton. Uh, at the moment... Salford a 1.94 to back and 2.18 to lay. This would be an occasion where I, I would click on that little lay button, probably put in 1.94 or 1.95 so that your bet goes up and then just keep checking it's been matched. So keep checking that the bet, you know, you, your bet your bet isn't on until someone has taken your lay. That's the important thing to remember. So you have to keep checking. Um, and yeah, that's the way to generally do it. It doesn't mean you always get matched. By the time the game comes around, there's much more money up there. So you should then be able to to get your bet matched. Apologies for those better veterans who are just saying, can you hurry up and get on with it? I know all this. Um, yeah, I, I think Sutton have made uh, a hell of a start to life in the EFL, despite losing two games. Um, I feel sorry for them that their first three games have been away at Forest Green, away at Cardiff, and then away at Salford. That seems incredibly unfair, to be honest. Uh, and I know that the reason for that is because their, their pitch isn't ready. Um, but at the same time, it, when they are playing well, it seems difficult for them to have to cope with such a schedule, um, even if it is of their own doing. 
But against Forest Green, they were really impressive for their first game um, at the level. Uh, it was only a, an injury time header from Ebu Adams that undid them. And then again uh, at Cardiff, and Cardiff played a decent side as well. Uh, they went 1-0 up, um, eventually were pegged back, but still scored late on to make it 3-2. Just showing that they are you know, they're, they're a competitive side who won the National League last season on merit. And any concerns that myself and other people um, may have had about them needing their plastic pitch um, are being kind of put pay to because they put in two very good performances on, on very, very grass pitches. And this game is going to be played on grass as well. So um, I think Salford are, are a side who command a lot of respect. That's why they're odds on here. Um, they haven't, you know, the, the two performances we've maybe seen this season uh, against Derby, of course, in, in an incredible game. Um, it's hard to really know what value to put on drawing away the championship side when that side is down to bare bones and playing a lot of youth players. Um, they were unable to get past Leighton Orient at home, uh, which was a performance and result that kind of reminded me a bit of last season, uh, a side who are maybe not quite as prolific as they should be, given their attacking talent. Um, yeah, so I'm very happy to, you know, if, if you can get matched at odds on laying Salford, having both Sutton and the draw on side um, seems like a, a bit of value to me. Yeah, I'm going into to League One for this. And as you say, kind of looking to oppose what I consider to be a vulnerable favourite is certainly going to be the, the way that I look to go here. Uh, I'm going to lay Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. At, they're at home to Doncaster. Current lay price 1.78. Uh, so if I put up this lay and accept a £10 stake, then my liability is £7.80. Uh, if Sheffield Wednesday do win, if my suspicion is false. Uh, but of course, if there's a draw or if Doncaster win, then I will get that £10 stake that someone, let's say George, has gone on uh, to the exchange and backed. And this is just... Well, I'll, what I'll always do with your lays. Get on and back <laughs> straight away. Right, get, well, get ready because, yeah, I just, I, I just think Wednesday haven't yet shown anything to deserve being uh, this short to win a, a League One game. Uh, their nil-nil draw against Charlton was a perfectly good result, uh, if not a good performance really from either side. Uh, and having since watched a couple of um, extended highlights of other League One games and also seeing Wimbledon, albeit only in the Carabao Cup, second string against Charlton in, in midweek, you know, just a name alone doesn't win you games in League One. And everything I've seen so far from some of the lesser names in the division, but the, those that we fancy to be quite good, such as Bolton and AFC Wimbledon, even a team uh, such as Burton uh, and, and various others. I just think it's a very competitive division. And uh, I haven't seen anything from Darren Moore Sheffield Wednesday yet to suggest that they're, they're ready to, to roll teams over. Um, and the big thing for me here is the, the Richie Wellens factor. Uh, and I have to mention... Mike Holden here, who runs a sort of betting and ratings and manager profiling service, uh, which I've been a subscriber to for many years. I, I really enjoy reading Mike's thoughts, not just on on um, betting on the weekend's action, but also he has a fabulous steer on managers. He spends more time than anyone else studying them, their personality traits, their strengths and weaknesses, and the sorts of games in which they thrive. And And his view on Richie Wellens is that you know, we shouldn't expect the world with this Doncaster side. It's basically a whole new team, um, a, a whole new era, if you will. But that Wellens is 
very tactically astute, has a huge appetite for setting up game plans um, to, to exploit the weaknesses in opposition teams. And so Wellens, ever since the um, pre-season content that Mike did, I've been waiting for a Doncaster fixture against a, a so-called bigger side uh, where they are the outsider because the, the feeling is that these are the games in which Wellens can really thrive and his particular skill can kind of come to the fore. Now, the best part for me is that it's against Darren Moore, who is a manager whose teams play really good stuff, who whose players love playing for him, who I think develops young players very well. I think we know that by now. Whether I would call him tactically astute, it's a no for me at this stage. So I think Wellens can can exploit that. If Think of it as a, a one-on-one battle between Wellens and Moore. Um, Moore might have the, the more eye-catching first 11 and squad, but I don't think they've gelled yet. Um, and, you know, looking at that midfield... Bannon, Wing and Adenaran without the ball, Adenaran's going to have to do a lot of work there because Bannon uh, and Lewis Wing, neither of those are particularly comfortable, um, you know, out of possession and stopping teams from playing through them. So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm laying Sheffield Wednesday 1.78. So, so Donny win or a draw and that will be a good decision from me. Just don't think Sheffield Wednesday yet have merited um, that short price. Now for the goals segment, George, have you got an overs or have you got a BTTS? I, th- I mean, I've, I've been toying between the two. Um, I think I'm going to go for a BTTS between AFC Wimbledon and Bolton uh, at Plough Lane. I mean, it shouldn't matter too much, but if you look at the first weekend's action, these two teams scored five goals between them and conceded four. So that is a nice start. Um, but the main reason for this is just a bit of Carabao Cup scouting you and I did midweek where we went to go and see Wimbledon playing against Charlton. And they may have only won that game 1-0, but I saw enough on the day to suggest that siding with goals when it comes to Wombles um, this season under Mark Robinson is going to be the way to go because their game, their method of game management is incredibly brave considering the age and experience of their squad. Um, they were 1-0 up away from home uh, against a, a, a second string, it should be said, Charlton side until late on. Um but rather than sitting on on their lead in a cup tie as well, they continue to throw men forward at any opportunity. When the seven minutes of injury time came up, they threw more men more more men forward. With five minutes to go until full time, they took off Hennigan, the centre back, and brought on Jack Rodoni, the attacking midfielder. Like they are a team who I think are going to look to attack at any opportunity. And given the amount of attacking talent they've got, youthful attacking talent, you know, Aaron Presley, the, the target man on loan from Brentford. May not be the goal threat that I hoped he'd be, but he certainly looks to me to offer something a bit more than Oli Palmer. And I reckon he'll probably start here. Jack Rodoni and Ethan Chislett made names for themselves last season, as did uh, Ayub Asal towards the back end of the season. Luke McCormick looks to be probably the star man coming in from Chelsea. Who I hope, I, I'm not sure why he wasn't in the squad in midweek. I'm hoping he's going to come back uh, to continue his his start to the, to the campaign where he got a goal and an assist in the win at Doncaster on opening day. They... Just look aside, who will just continue throwing men forward. And when you, you know, we both saw Charlton had many opportunities to spring them on the counter and basically fail to take any of them, fail to even really create them into any goal scoring opportunity. And, I, and I'm not necessarily putting that down to good Wimbledon defending, I'm putting that down to the fact they started with three academy grads up front. Um, and I think that Bolton, who were a side who basically never didn't score last season are going to be far more adept and making the most of that 
mentality. And, and let's remember that Ian Everett himself is a pretty, I mean, is attacking the right word? I mean, he likes to get the ball down and play. And they've got Owen Doyle up front, who's going to be far more clinical. They've got Josh Ian delivering the, the set piece bullets as well, which is handy. Um, I think this is just set up to be a match between two teams set up to attack. And when you consider Bolton's three-all draw last weekend with another team in MK Dons, um, it looks to me, I mean, if I was on Saturday afternoon settling down and could watch one game as a neutral, this would be the one um, between two really fun sides with plenty of ta- talent running through it. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put you off backing over two and a half, maybe even over, over three and a half, but I think the best value given the kind of basketball style I'm anticipating from the game. I think BTTS at four to five with Sportsbook is probably the way to go. Worth, I mean, you know, if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, check the exchange price because often with these um, markets, it can be quite tight, in which case, um, you know, you might get a better price there. But I'm happy to take the four to five BTTS, yes. Uh, my goals bet is a, a treble, uh, all over 2.5 goals and starting with Fulham against Huddersfield at 11 to 10. Odds against that this one goes over 2.5. I just don't get that at all. Uh, Starting with Huddersfield, who under Carlos Corberan have always had one quite large and key weakness, which is defensive vulnerability. Very rarely keep clean sheets uh, against a Fulham side who are not fully formed yet and therefore, you know, at the back, more likely to give up the sorts of goals they did last weekend, that equaliser for Middlesbrough they're more likely to give up those sorts of goals now than they are in a few months' time where we think that they, they could well be the the best team in the league. So they've got so much firepower for them. I just can't see Huddersfield keeping them at bay, but I think there's a decent chance that Huddersfield can hurt them as well. So over 2.5 goals, 11 to 10, I'm really keen on there. Uh, Swindon, Carlisle as well. Uh, Carlisle created so much last weekend. Um, a mixture of poor finishing and um, and Shamal George in the Colchester goal playing like Levy Yashin uh, kept them at bay. But I think, you know, just like last season, Carlisle, I think over the course of the season, had the the top XG numbers in terms of um, chances generated in the whole division. Um, so I don't see that necessarily changing just because Josh Coyote's gone and, and um, the signs were good last weekend. And Swindon, of course, with Harry McCurdy, Jack Payne, Ben Gladwin, the right back Kessler Hayden, really attacking fullback. We spoke about them on the Monday show. They looked really good going forward, pretty relentless, in fact, set up to attack. So I think both teams here um, can have some joy. That one's at 6-5. to five. Uh, And then Peterborough Derby. I mentioned that I fancy Posh earlier. Uh, I always fancy Posh to continue to attack when they go 1-0 up. I don't see why that would uh, not be the case here. Uh, and as mentioned, I, I just have this feeling, and it could be wide of the mark, that Derby are uh, a little a little fatigued and, and the sort of team that could... Uh, once they go behind, uh, let their opposition kind of run riot. So um, the the posh win and over 2.5 bet builder is 3.5 um, using Betfair's bet builder. Uh, as it is, I'm just putting this into a treble, which is 10.65 uh, as a treble price over 2.5 goals in Fulham, Huddersfield, Swindon, Carlisle and Peterborough, Derby. Remember with Betfair that if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you do get a £5 free bet as well to use on on multiples or bet builders terms and conditions do apply there check them out on the betfair website which takes us to scorer's corner how are you approaching this one scorers i've got two and i think you're not going to thank me for one of them because uh because um I don't know if you're going to do them too. But anyway, they're they're two games we've spoken about already. I'm I'm backing Johnson Clark Harris. Um, 
first goal scorer at four to one. Great, Love and it. last goal scorer at four, at four to one as well. Um, in the game that you mentioned earlier between Derby and and Peterborough, just because I basically agree with everything you're saying. I think it's way too early to get worried about Posh. Um, it's a tiny sample size. Their team in midweek was isn't going to look anything like the team they put out uh, on Saturday, and they have been consistently over a much bigger sample size one of the best teams uh, at home in, in the leagues that they play in so and they've never had any issue scoring goals uh so yeah i'm going to back him first and last at four to one in the hope that maybe we can get um get either the one nil clark harris or the two nil clark harris brace uh double up because he's a player who'll, who'll probably play 90 minutes so it doesn't really make much sense to me to only back him first goal scorer because you know every chance he can he can get them both um and then ayub asal i mentioned earlier ali um, he I was going to put him up uh, as well. A good time to mention, by the way, that George and I are writing a weekly column for betting.betfair, which you can read. Um, it's a little write-up, four selections generally, a um, couple of picks from the three leagues and then a goal scorer as well. Uh, and last week's column, uh, although the, the team picks did not go very well, um, we put up Ayub Asal on that column, 11-2 to two anytime goal scorer. And he did the business for us. So that was a really good start to our betting.betfair column. George, I notice the traders have taken no notice. Exactly the same price no. to score any time this weekend. I know. Well, and that's I think that's the way to go. As I mentioned, I think this could be quite a high-scoring game. So rather than trying to muck around with first and last goal scorers, just back him any time at 11-2, to two, get rid of any risk. And also, why not throw a little dart at, at two or more goals at 60-1? to one? Um, You know, Even when he came on for the last 25 minutes at the Valley, he was immediately getting into some pretty tasty central penalty box positions. You know, he's he is going to be playing. He's absolutely relentless. Yeah. I mean, this is you know, quite a lot of what we say on this podcast um, is opinion. I'm, I think you're getting towards fact when you say that Ayub Asal is, is underrated by the, the goal scorer market here um, in pretty much every, <laughs> every sense. But definitely, I think those are the two ways to go. 11 or 2, uh, anytime, 60 to 1, 2 or more. Yeah, and I'm backing uh, Fraser Horsfall, first goal scorer, 40 to 1, Northampton Town centre back. Uh, you've already talked about Cobblers. You think they're going to win. I agree with everything that you said there. And Horsfall is just, you know, he's always on my long list. Even last season in League One, where Northampton massively struggled, it was always Horsfall or Kian Bolger getting on the end of set pieces. It's pretty much. Northampton's best chance of scoring a goal. Um, there's something about Horsfall attacking set pieces. He, whether it's desire, size, strength, whatever it might be, he is consistently getting shots um, from set piece situations. He scored three goals in 37 starts uh, last time, so got a you know pretty good record for a centre back that. Uh, and I don't see why dropping down a division would make him any less of a threat. In fact, there's an argument that maybe he could be more of a threat. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm pleased that you like Cobblers to win. Uh, I like Fraser Horsfall at 40 to 1. I'm going to take the kind each way terms that Betfair offer there, uh, which means if he scores any time, uh, not first, then you do win that portion of your bet at a third of the odds. So Fraser Horsfall, 40 to 1 each way is my first CB pick of the betting show season. Shall we quickly whiz through what we've put up, George? Yeah, my nap is Barrow at thirteen to eight with Sportsbook. Uh, Cobblers next best at nine to five. Laying Salford anything odds on basically. Uh, BTTS AFC Wimbledon versus Bolton with my goals bet, and then a couple of goal scorers for Scorers Corner. Uh, Johnson Clark Harris four to one first and last both, and then Ayubasal eleven to two anytime, and 
60 to 1 to score a brace or more. Love that. My nap is Peterborough. My next best is Millwall, 29 to 20. Uh, I'm laying Sheffield Wednesday on the Betfair Exchange, 1.78. Over over 2.5, treble. Fulham versus Huddersfield. Swindon versus Carlisle. Posh versus Derby. All overs at 10.65. And my CB, Fraser, Horseful. I'm really excited about uh, being able to spread our wings a bit with uh, the new instru- uh, the new structure we have Im- imposed on us. Let us know if there's anything that you would like um, with us on this betting show. Anything you'd like more of or less of. Um, we're all ears and we're always open to feedback and constructive criticism. So do get in touch. Um, thank you to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. Um, great to make full use of the sportsbook, the exchange, uh, and also a reminder that they do have no cash out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games, which is applicable to singles and multiples. And also they're offering a £5 free bet to anyone that bets £20 or more on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's do apply on the Betfair site. Join us on Monday for a recap of the EFL weekend. But mostly, thanks for listening. And please make sure if you're having a bet this week that you do so responsibly. By all means, enjoy it. But enjoy it by being disciplined. We'll speak again on Monday.